today on It's Time. And he didn't plug somebody else in when Jonah didn't want to go. Why? Because God is bigger than the fear that we may have of failure. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the Old Testament book of Jonah. So, turn there in your Bible and follow along as we join Pastor Mike. Notice it says he went down to Java. And found a ship. Wow. Now this is interesting. Because I know some people would say, Oh, God wants me to get on the ship. Look, I found one. This has got to be God's will for me to get out of his presence. Not do what he wants me to do. Look, I found a ship. Listen, just because you find a convenience for your sin doesn't mean that God provided that convenience. Listen, friends, there's always, and I know this, I'm speaking of this personally, there's always an excuse not to do what God wants us to do. Just that way. I I can always come up with an excuse not to do what God wants me to do. Why is that? Because by our old sin nature, we're in rebellion to God. Now, when you become born again, your spirit wants to serve God, but you still have an issue. And anybody here that doesn't believe me, You just check it out. You have an old sin nature that's in rebellion to God. That's why Paul says, I beat the flesh to keep the old man under. He said, uh, he says, I've got to not let the things that I want override the things God wants. If we feed the spirit, we reap the spirit. You say, why is that important? First of all, it's exciting to reap the spirit. You see the anointing. You see the power of God. You hear his voice. That's pretty cool. That's not the Olson nature. But when we feed the flesh, it drowns out. It beats out the voice of God and we become selfish again. So he says, he went and found a ship going to Tarshish. I actually circled this in my Bible and I circled it and I put, Okay, this has got to be God's will. Be careful. Sometimes, you know, well, God, you know, if you don't want me to get loaded tonight, don't have my drug dealer call me. Ring, ring. Hey, man, want to buy some junk? Uh, It's got to be God's will. Nope, that ain't the way it works. I believe, again, friends, the devil is a real good manipulator. He knows how to set you up. Why? God knows all the people that you're going to influence in your life for the kingdom of God. Once you become a Christian, the devil will do whatever it takes to get you not to do that and provide a ship for you to get out of Dodge or Joppa in this particular case. Well, notice what he says. And so he paid the fare. Wow, isn't it funny the Bible writes these things down for us? 
He paid the fare. He used his money to try to get out of the presence of God. (laughs) Does that sound uh, like anyone you know? You know, I'm convicted of sin, but you know, if I just spend my money, I can say so preoccupied, I won't even listen to God's voice anymore. You know, it's funny. Money does a lot of things. Somebody said one time, it's like music. It's neither good nor bad. It's what you do with it. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all sin. Now, the word there isn't money in the Bible, believe it or not. It says the love of mammon, or the, the mammon is the root of all evil. What is mammon? The power that money brings. Oh, and if we can just use our resources to get out of the call of God in our life. This sounds like a lot of 21st century American church, doesn't it? We, we don't, I, I go to church, God, but you know, I, I've got so many things I got to do. I, I don't have time for you anymore. And so I've used my money to effectively remove me from what you want me to do. And I'm going to flee and go do what I want to do. You know, maybe if I go up to the mountains, I'll have a good time. Well, I'm not saying it isn't fun to go up to the mountains. But I am saying we have to be careful because our money can take us away. You know, Jesus said, how hard is it for a rich man to go uh, into heaven? It's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Why is that? Because riches will surplant the calling of God in your life. I, I use this illustration so often, I know it becomes redundant to people who come here very much. But it's this old story that you have the old car. And, and, and you first get saved and, and, and you don't have a lot of money because you spend all your money on drugs and booze and, and, and doctor bills for taking care of all the things that you did to yourself and, and, and you're broke and you have an old clunky car and you get saved and now you turn your life over to God and God, whatever thing I have is yours. And we get in our car, oh God, please let it start with, please one more time, God. Yeah, oh God, you answered my prayer. Oh, I'm so happy. And we go putting off down the road. Oh God, let the old washing machine do one more look. I remember one time the tub leaked at home when I was a kid. I was probably four years old, five years old. And I remember the tub leaked water down on the motor. And my mom comes into my dad who was watching Gunsmoke. Now, you didn't interrupt my dad watching a Western. That was just something you didn't do. I remember I talked to him, and he was staring at TV, and I'd grab his chin and turn his head, and oh, that was the beginning of World War III. You just something you didn't do. Well, my mom comes in and says, Willie, the washing machine is smoking. And my dad just sat there and kept watching, you know, well, Mr. Dillon, he's coming into town all dudeed up. And he, my dad was watching that. He was really into it. But meanwhile, you could see the smoke coming through the kitchen. Well, the tub had leaked. The sealant went out, spilled water all over the motor, shorted it out. It was burning. So my dad, I remember he got up. He was so mad because it was right probably towards the end of the program when, you know... The good guys were supposed to win. He grabs the washing machine, sets it, opens the door, sets it on the door sill, and poof, kicks it right out the door. Went back and finished the program. 
And I, I, I looked at that and I was so amazed because it, it's, it's what sometimes when we get money, we don't pray about things anymore. I bought, now that I'm being blessed, my finances are coming under control. I bought a new car. I don't pray about my car anymore. I bought a brand new washing machine. I don't pray about my, in fact, I use my money. I don't pray about anything anymore because everything I got's new. You think God's pleased with that? Do you know when we spend time with the Lord, it's like my little girl should come up and sit in my lap and I'll say, what do, you, what do you got there, honey? And she goes, I got a flower. She goes, it's a very pretty flower. And I'll look at it. Yeah, it's very pretty. And I'll look at it. You know, value-wise, it's a weed. should be burned, okay? But to her, it's precious. And for her just to talk to me, I go, that is so neat. And God says, just to talk to me about your car starting is so neat. I love talking to you about your washing machine that hopefully you'll do another load. But you see, we can spend our money, go down to Joppa to get out of the presence of the Lord. By the way, it's a funny story. Chief engineer here, um, he had a washing machine and a dryer. And uh, the uh, washing machine started leaking very bad. And so he just put it in the in the garage. His dryer also still worked, but something shorted out and it wouldn't shut off. And so if you put your Levi's in there and your shirt and turned it on, it would run and pretty soon smoke would be coming out because it didn't turn the the heating element off. And so all there would be is burnt cloth in there and buttons rattling around inside of the dryer. So he went to buy a new one. He bought a pair, like we most, most do. And, and he didn't know what the old And they said, would you like us to haul your old ones away for a nominal fee? And he said, how much? And I forget exactly what the price was, 25 or $50 a, a unit to have it disposed of. And he said, I didn't know what to do. And he said, so I decided to try something. So he took his washing machine that leaked and his dryer that would incinerate clothes and he set him out by the curb here in Twin Falls. And so if it, this is you, now you know the truth. He set him out by the curb in Twin Falls and he put washer-dryer combination, $200. He said in the morning, they were gone. They had stole the washer and dryer. And he just, all he put on there was just washer and dryer, $200. He said in the morning, they had vanished. The point is, is this. It's funny that we will use our money to try to get out of the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And by the way, you can't get away from God. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was on the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, laid down, and was fast asleep. Ha! Oh, does this sound like sometimes the Christians of today? Here you got the world sinking. Um, Everybody's pitching stuff off the boat trying to save their life. And the man who knew what was going on was down in the belly of the boat, sleeping. 
I'm always amazed by these kinds of stories. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise and call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Now this is to me an interesting story here because he's running from God. He used his money to try to get out of the presence of God. He went to the very city to try to get away from ministering to the Gentiles that God in the New Testament used to begin the ministry to the Gentiles. And now he's down in the belly of a boat asleep while everybody is on the verge of dying. Oh, please, God, don't let us fall asleep while the world is dying. Well, you know, the rapture is going to come any day now, so I'm just going to... Sit right here. Yeah. Okay. Any day now here, God. My rent's coming due here, so if you can do it before the end of the month, that'd be really cool. You know, that's the problem. I I think sometimes we miss this. And so he says, call on your God. Maybe he'll do something. Because we're in real trouble. You know, it's funny that sometimes the world recognizes the disconnect within people who know God. He said, arise and call on your God. Now, I don't know how maybe the captain knew that this guy was a religious guy. Maybe he had a Jesus bumper sticker on his head. I don't know. But whatever it was, he recognized that in some way this guy probably had some godly connection, maybe something that he was wearing or whatever. And it's interesting that Jonah was from a little town Gaff Heifer, uh, about uh, three miles from uh, Nazareth. Uh, Jonah was a Galilean. And because he was a Galilean, um, there's a lot of people that had a lot of disdain for those. In fact, uh, you remember that uh, the Pharisees said in John seven fifty two, they said, has any prophet ever rose out of Nazareth? Well, as a matter of fact, had they had really studied their roles of Scripture, they would have realized that Jonah was uh, somebody, was actually from the, from the area of, of Nazareth of, as well. And so they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Now this is probably... Uh, <laughs> You know, hey, look, the guys are all gambling. What are they gambling for to find out why the big storm has hit us? Fell on notice. So they went to him. And they said to Jonah, please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? You know, you're causing our boat a lot of trouble, and so we want to low down skinny on you. You know, we don't have a time to run a police report on you, so maybe you better just tell us. You know, they're pitching the stuff on the boat overboard, the very reason they're sailing, and they're throwing stuff overboard to try to lighten the ship. And so, interestingly enough, Jonah fesses up. He said, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And I can just see these guys going, what is your problem, dude? If you know who God is, why are you acting like this? Then the men were exceedingly afraid. 
and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Again, fled from the calling of God in his life. Oh, friends, please, don't ever do that. You see, God has the right person for the right job. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, if you fail, God will just unplug you and plug somebody else in. I don't know where that kind of teaching came from, but it ain't in the Bible. God only made one of you. God only made one Jonah. And God had his finger on Jonah. Go to Nineveh and tell him to repent. And he didn't plug somebody else in when Jonah didn't want to go. Why? Because God is bigger than the fear that we may have of failure. Do you know, I think there's a lot of times reasons we don't do things. Sometimes it's fear of failure. Don't ever be scared to fail. Do you realize that Peter failed when he got out of the boat and he sank, but he's the only person other than Jesus in recorded history that ever walked on the water. Even if it was a short period of time, it had to be the right of his life. Never be scared to fail. Failing is okay. You know why? God's bigger than your failures. What kind of a God is it that's only a God of my successes, but not of my failures? But God says, I'll take even no matter what happens, and I'll make it good. That's such an encouragement. And notice it says they were scared because they realized whoever God he has is the real deal. Listen, friends, you minister every day. Let God minister through you even more by telling people and talking to them. So, what shall we do that you may calm the sea for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. Word we don't hear much, but it was getting worse by the minute. Notice what Jonah says. He said to them, pick me up and throw me in the sea and the sea will become calm for you for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Earlier, he was down in the boat sleeping, okay? Now, something you have to remember. Jonah wasn't stupid. Jonah realized that by throwing him into the sea, suicide, he's going to die. Never in his wildest dreams did he ever imagine that God would prepare a great fish to come and swallow him up. He just thought, this is it. This is how you die. Pick me up, throw me in the sea. It'll turn to a sea of glass. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and say, we pray, O Lord, please do not let this man perish for our life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleases you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. I, uh, these guys got born again on the ship right there. They go, wow, that's something you don't see every day. Isn't it amazing that even in Jonah's failure, people accepted Christ? I'm amazed. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now again, this is what Jesus referenced earlier. And um, so Jonah now is in the water. And God prepares a fish for him. We're going to stop here today and we'll pick up the story next week.
the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Jonah tried to get away from the call of God, used his money, used his, his resources instead of honoring God to get away from God. And you know what I love about God? God didn't let go of him. Isn't that cool to know? And that you might sometimes not want God to do certain things in your life, but listen, God knows what's best. If you're his child this morning, I got a great message for you. God's going to do amazing things with you. Listen to the voice of God. Be sensitive to where you're at. Hear the voice of God and see it. Realizing evangelism is never one-sided. It isn't just you going out and speaking to people. God has already been speaking to them. All you do is say, the honey basket's over here. Come over here. This is where you want to go. It's over here. Really? Okay. God has already prepared them. You know, the Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. Being about your father's business is so important. If you're not a Christian here this morning, I feel bad for you. You're stumbling, bumbling in darkness. And God has a message for you that he loves you. And he wants to do something far beyond that which you think. Now, again, when you're on the Holy Spirit's ride, I'll tell you something, you're going to see things you never dreamed. God is still a miracle-working God, just like he was in the Old Testament, just like he was in the New Testament, just like he'll be for you today. So, revival starts with his people. And revival starts with listening to that unction that comes from God, clearly defining, hey, it's not the devil telling me to go tell this person to tune to 89.9, and maybe there'll be a message of hope there for him. It's a funny thing, I was talking to an individual about buying a truck. And we were talking, and I, I just happened to mention, I said, well, I, I host the live call-in radio talk show. I said, um, if you have a chance, tune in. I told him where to find the frequency and everything like that. Well, I called the guy back. I didn't move fast enough on the truck. I prayed, but I, I, I didn't call back fast enough. But the first thing he told me was, I listened to the radio show. I thought... That's amazing that he listened. See, and I begin to realize God has already been dealing with people. The people of Nineveh, they were lost. I'm sure they saw the, 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 the failure of all their society and they saw the wickedness and the cruelness and the uneasiness of all those things. And God said, Jonah, just go and speak a message. They'll repent. Jonah didn't want to go. Why didn't he want to go? Well, maybe his prejudice. Maybe because they were Gentiles. There's no room for prejudice in the body of Christ. We don't have that. God died for all of us. Gentiles and Jews both. So he said, go. And the thing is, there was a little bit of a detour to get his attention. I pray that um, you're about your daddy's business this week. Now, if you're not a Christian here today, I want to just give you a great opportunity here. From your life to mean nothing to your life meaning everything. Because anything apart from being about your daddy's business, you're never going to succeed in what you want. And that's self-satisfaction. You can, you can get all the new stuff there is. You can get whatever it might be. But unless God changes you in the inside, it'll never change. This morning, if you need to pray, we're going to pray right now. 
If you've never received Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray, and you can let God start his work in your life, where God will speak to you to reach out through the lost world. Father, in Jesus' name, for every person in this room and listening around the world on the internet and on the radio stations and everything that's out there, Father, we just ask you, any person right now that says, Lord, forgive my sins. From this day forward, I want to serve you. Jesus, your blood covered all my mistakes. And so now I want to be about your business. Give me eternal life. Speak to my heart. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.